What's up, guys? Max here back with another episode of the Scuttlebutt Show. I hope it's going to be a great evening out there for you guys, wherever you're watching this from. It's a great day out here in Okinawa, Japan. Took my dog out for a run this morning, having an awesome day already. What's up, Banana Snipes? Chris in the chat. Thank you for the congrats on 5K. On our way to 6K, Jacob, Killer Boy, Eric McBride, everybody, welcome to the chat. Yes, we're going to be doing Battlefield 4 Part 2 after this. That was super fun. Really quick about that. Let me hit you guys with the about yesterday. So thanks for watching that video yesterday. I've uh, tried to fix the stream with a higher bitrate. So somebody gave me a tip on that. So I've enhanced the bitrate. Let me know if you guys notice anything at home. Does the stream look better today than it did yesterday or in the past? Let me know. I'd love to get you guys feedback. Blue light is on. All the lights are on. We're ready to rock and roll. And we've got some cool stuff today going on. We're going to do a little story time. Little story time today about halfway through the show about what it's like to work out on a U.S. Navy ship because one of the Olympic athletes trained on one. So one of the athletes at the Olympics right now trained on a U.S. Navy ship. What's up, Gary? Welcome to the chat. So we're going to be talking about that. Uh, we're going to be talking about COVID vaccines, which just got this video demonetized or whatever, fact-checked, whatever it is. Uh, we're going to talk about Eli Crane running for Congress. We're going to talk about marijuana legalization for the troops and so much more. It's a jam-packed show. Uh, if you guys have any questions for me for today's show, let me know. It was a relatively slow news day, I got to say. Relatively slow news day. Uh, I was out at the gym this morning planning out the next burpee mile. So if you guys are getting ready for that, make sure you're working out, practicing your burpees because the burpee mile is coming up this fall. I'm going to be setting a date for that soon. And uh, oh, so much more exciting stuff to tell you guys about coming down the pipeline that we are going to get to uh, over the next coming weeks and months. And I'm so excited to share it with you guys. So let's go ahead and jump into today's first story so we can get this show rolling. VA orders most employees to get COVID-19 vaccines, orders them to, or else they pay the price. First federal organization to do so. I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts about this in the comments. Is the whole deal with this, and we've talked about it in the past, is that the VA being a federal organization falls under the same mandate where apparently the deal was that until the vaccine is FDA approved, nobody could make anyone else get it or penalize them for not getting it. That's why the U.S. military active duty have not been forced to get the vaccine. Is that all about to change? Let's see what this article says from military.com. The nation's largest healthcare system has ordered the majority of its healthcare workers to get the COVID-19 vaccine. Department of Veteran Affairs Secretary Dennis McDonough announced Monday that the COVID-19 vaccines will be required by all doctors, dentists, physician assistants, registered nurses, and other providers that they call the Title 38 health workers or risk their jobs. Risk losing their jobs. I'm pretty torn on this. What do you guys think? The move, the first for the federal agency, comes as the country sees an uptick in coronavirus cases. This Delta variant going around. I just saw, waking up this morning, checking my news feed, that the government, the CDC, just said that vaccinated people are going to have to go back to wearing masks. So all that for nothing. I can tell you from experience that benching in 20-foot seas on a ship can be quite easy, then hard, then easy, then hard. Oh, we're going to talk all about it, Larry. We're going to talk all about it. So. I've got some great sea stories about working out on the ship. So this is, uh, this is I'm going to tell you why this is troubling to me. First of all, disclaimer, I'm fully vaccinated. Uh, I, I have no problem with it. I even got clicky heart. I've told you guys on the show how I had the heart, the heart condition side effects. I believe, I believe that I did. Uh, at the time, no one knew what that was, so I didn't go get checked for it or anything like that. But I believe that I did have that. And 
now I'm moving on uh, with my life. I feel great, doing fine. I'd never have had COVID as far as I know, anything like that. Here's the problem for me. This is my personal opinion. The only answer that anybody should be giving about the vaccine and about COVID is we don't know. Anybody saying anything other than we don't know sounds quite foolish to me. I mean, when this whole thing started, I remember them saying, this will never be a big problem. COVID will never be a thing. We don't even have to worry about it. Nobody should be concerned. Then I just remember a couple of weeks ago with the Delta variant, they go on the news and they say, don't worry, nobody should be concerned. No big deal. No reason to be concerned. This is never going to be a problem for the United States. We have the vaccines. It's going to be all good. It, everyone just needs to go, hey, no one knows. No one knows. That's it. That's all there is that can be said. That's the only true answer is no one knows. And you know what's funny is, Every doctor that I've ever seen in, you know, primary care or whatever that I've ever, any doctor I've ever had, including all the doctors that I know now and my wife, you know what they always say? Medicine's not a magic bullet. Medicine and science don't have the answers to everything. There's a lot of things that we don't know. How come with COVID, everybody knows everything? It's so annoying. And now people who don't want to get vaxxed, they're like, I just... I just don't want to. I just don't know. I, I just am not sure yet or whatever because nobody knows. And it's true. Nobody knows. So, it, you know, instead, they're going to make people get this thing. And that's going to make people even more wary, especially when apparently it hasn't been working at all. So what's next? Is the U.S. military going to get forced to get vaccines? Do, what do you guys think? Is, is the military next? According to this article, during congressional testimony last week, the Undersecretary for Health, Carolyn, assistant to the Undersecretary of Health, Dr. Carolyn Clancy, said that the department has seen an increasing number of hospitalized veterans, 97% of whom are not vaccinated. Now, I believe that the cases are mostly among unvaccinated people. I mean, it makes the most sense. But I don't, I don't know if I am totally on board with the mandating that you have to get or lose your job. I don't know about that. She urged veterans and workers to get vaccinated if they have not already done so. To those of you listening, I implore you to get vaccinated to help keep yourself, your loved ones, and our veterans safe today. 300,000 VA employees or 70% of the more than 400,000 workers at the VA were vaccinated, but increases in cases among employees from 192 in June to 390 in July have raised concerns of a pending surge, Clancy told a member of the House Veterans Affairs Committee. Committee. The surge of infection is causing us to deploy emergency personnel and resources to multiple areas of the country. Signs that we're seeing mirror prior surges and are warnings of what's ahead. So is there about to be a big surge? But eventually, everyone's going to get it. I mean, if, if, if it keeps going, eventually everyone's going to get COVID. And then, then what? Then it'll finally be over, maybe. I mean, everyone in the world will eventually get it. What's up, Midnight Chow, 420, blaze it, holler back. We're going to be talking about that. My reason for thinking it is an issue is that I haven't heard of the Amish dying off from being unvaccinated. Uh, Juan, what's up? I personally know people who had side effects and a veteran who tested positive after he was vaccinated both times. Yes, yeah, so what they're calling those breakthrough cases now, too. So even if you're vaccinated, Max, you're acting like the U.S. military aren't used as guinea pigs. Well, yeah, they are, of course. Zero X V 85. All I think about when I hear forced is Nuremberg code. Hey, zero X. Welcome to the chat. Glad to have you here. Uh, anthrax, Gary, the anthrax shots are a huge pain in the ass. Not as bad as the peanut butter shot, which is a literal, literal pain in the ass. Uh, ask vegans if the vaccine is organic. Uh, I don't know the answer to that. If it is or not, uh, probably is. Or I don't know. Bacteria. Is that organic? Is bacteria organic? Probably should be. Anyway, I don't know how I feel about mandating vaccines. If 
anybody's going to get it. I thought it would be the military first. I thought they would make the military get it first. I'm kind of surprised that they aren't. I mean, I've gotten so many vaccines. I know all the fellow service members out there have. You literally walk down an aisle on the first day of boot camp and get 30 vaccines, 30 shots in your arms. I don't even know what they are. Then you get smallpox and you get this bubbly blister viral thing on your body and you're worried about getting in your eyes and you don't want to touch anybody who's got the smallpox vaccine going on. Then you get the anthrax and the list goes on and on. I had Japanese encephalitis. Let me go back over here. Japanese encephalitis. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. I want to take a second here to congratulate Andrew Walsh for being a member of the Scuttlebutt Show for three months now. Congratulations. You've reached that uh, top icon level permanent status as long as you remain a member. And I want to remind you guys that you can click the join button right below this video and become a member yourself for as little as $2.99 a month, which is quite a deal if you spend 40, 50 hours a month with me here on the show. And you immediately get at the lowest level, 10% off the online store and early access to videos and so much more at the higher levels, even more special content. Jacob says, I'm eating breakfast for dinner, frosted mini wheat. So I thought you were going to come up with something better than that, Jacob. You're always the, the go-to culinary specialist on the show. So I thought you'd have something a little bit better for breakfast for dinner than frosted mini wheats, the grossest cereal in the world, if you ask me. My favorite cereal, Raisin Bran. Got to give it up for Raisin Bran. That's my favorite. By the way, hey, quick question for the chat. If you guys want to give me a, a, a quick check here. Does the video on today's show look better than in the past several weeks or whatever? Give me a heads up in the chat. If it does, I changed a couple settings. Does it look exactly the same, better or worse? I'd love to hear what you guys are seeing on the other end of your screens. Speaking of the VA, not the only VA story that we have today. Speaking of, the, oh wait, Justin just dropped a comment here. The problem with people not getting the vaccine and waiting to catch the virus is it gives the time and opportunity for the virus to mutate into something that we will always be dealing with. Sure. But you know, the truth is we're going to always be dealing with it anyway. It's here now. It's going to be here forever. It's never going to go away. It's probably going to be here forever. Uh, it's gonna, I mean, they say it's just like the flu, right? So it's going to be around year after year. It'll keep mutating. Vaccinated people get it. I'm, I have no problem with vaccine. the vaccine at all. The only problem that I ever have with any of this is when people say that they know what's going on. Because nobody knows. I got a shot for the plague, the Black Death that killed 25% of the world in the Middle Ages. That thing is still around. Whereas if everyone got vaccinated as soon as possible, lessens the opportunity for mutations that would be vaccine resistant. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I agree. Like, obviously, that's true, what you're saying. Uh, it's definitely true. But um, the question is, you know, how much can the can the government make people do it? Like, I, I, I got it. I'm not going to tell people what to do, but hey, just get it. I mean, look at all the people on on uh, online right now giving their their uh, what's it called their testimony of how they wish they had gotten vaccinated instead of getting the the disease. But it's here now. It's going to be here forever. That was obvious the first day I ever heard about it. The first day I ever heard it, there was a virus going around. I'm like, well, everyone's going to get it. I mean, that's how it works. That's how these things work. Everyone's going to get it. So eventually everyone's going to get it or be exposed to it. It's just going to happen. MC with a 299 super chat. Holy cow. Thank you very much. Uh, what's this? Uh, Sheba dog raining in arms to greet someone asking, how's it going? Thank you very much. It's going great. I hope you're doing... I had to read that on a really small screen over here. I don't know why it popped up on my really small screen and not on a big screen. So thank you very much. I appreciate that. I hope you're doing great and having a great... What would it be? Tuesday evening back in the United States. So I do appreciate that a lot. And it's always great to have you in the chat. No vax for endemic disease. My policy, you're going to have to get a new shot every year. Yeah, that's probably true. So 
just really quick, uh, we got another quick VA story. I'm just going to kind of, I'm, I'm going to breeze through it, so to speak. VA makes error in using gender neutral motto in official government notice. Why is this even a big deal when you read the story? The, <laughs> this popped up from military.com as well. And, uh, and I was just reading it and I thought it was like, the only reason I wanted to share this story is because there's something in there about the VA's motto, which is I didn't even know the official VA motto or the history of it. And that's probably the most interesting part about it. And the VA confirms, no, they are not planning on changing the motto, but for some reason they had switched, uh, the, what they had put on their, their, you know, their footer or whatever of their, of their email. So to care for him, who shall, have, who shall have borne the battle and for his widow and his orphan, Abraham Lincoln. So the argument here that people are making is this, you know, this uh, quote from Abraham Lincoln that is the motto of the VA is not gender neutral. Okay, it, before anybody has a reaction, that's obviously true. That's just true. That's, a, that's indisputably true, okay? This quote from Abraham Lincoln is not gender neutral. Does that cause a huge amount of drama for me? No, but I could see how all the female veterans out there who were going in for amputated limbs, PTSD, TBI, you know, all these injuries, exposure, burn pit, cancer could go, hey, you know, what about us? The Department of Veteran Affairs has not officially changed its mission statement despite publishing a gender-neutral version in an official U.S. government publication last week. Buried in a July 23rd Federal Register notice on regulations about reporting veterans' medical and benefits debt to credit agencies, is it, which that sounds like the creepiest part of this whole thing, is a statement that the VA's mission to care for those who shall have borne the battle and for their families and survivors. To care for those who have... Who sh it's like hard to say. Old English is like impossible to read back uh, clearly and quickly. Care for those who shall have borne the battle and for their families and survivors. That is a variation of the to care for him who shall have borne the battle for his widow and orphan. To care for those who shall have borne the battle and for their, hey, what about those of us who don't have kids and aren't married? What about us? You know, you, I mean, this is how, this is why it's dumb to tear apart these arguments because then everybody gets a chance. Tiffany, what's up? I'm so happy I caught you on my lunch. What did I miss? Oh, not much yet. Just uh, the VA mandating vaccines for their employees. But the VA's website uh, clarifies the mission statement saying the department is dedicated to serving and honoring the men and women who are America's veterans. While momentum has grown since 2017 among advocates and some members of Congress to change the motto to that gender-neutral version to be more inclusive of female veterans and those who do not identify with a specific gender, no official change has been made. And that's still true. The entry was made in error, and we were going back to the originating office to ensure the mistake is not repeated going forward. And then down here, I will just reference this last line here where uh, VA Secretary Robert Wilkie told military.com last fall that the only time I care anything about this motto is from activists in this town. If we don't have a place in our collective memory for Abraham Lincoln, we're in a hell of a fix, he said. So what do you guys think? Should Abraham Lincoln be canceled for this comment or does he get to stay? Does he get to stick around? Is he going to be a, a continuing icon? I don't know why. Did, it, did Abraham Lincoln, was he the president who signed the VA into law after the Civil War? Or was the VA established... Uh, post-revolution. Let me, let me look at this. Or was it like post-War of 1812? I don't actually remember this. I think we've covered on the show before. I'm going to look it up really quick. 
The VA was established. Wait a second. Wait a second. The Department of Veterans Affairs was founded March 15th, 1989, according to Google. The Veterans Health Administration was founded in 1865. What? Let's see. The establishment of the Veterans Administration came in 1930. Does anybody know the, the, the true one answer of this? Because I have a bunch of conflicting information here on Google, and I'm just going to pause my search right now for that. We'll find out a better answer. I thought it was always mandatory because our men and women are in such close quarters. Hasn't always been. No, the vaccine has never been mandatory because the vaccine is not FDA approved. Let's see. Midnight Chow says, Lincoln is a sexist. Pull down a statue. Juan says, no vax for me. Impeach 46. <laughs> Everyone always wants to impeach everybody. Uh, let's see. I won't get into that. Never cancel Abraham Lincoln. History is history. Uh, so, I don't know. I, I, I guess I'm not sure why that is the quote of the VA, especially now when I can't get a clear answer of when the VA was even established. Did Lincoln... Let's see. Who established VA? Did Abraham Lincoln create the VA, people ask? Since 1959, the VA motto has been a quote from former President Abraham Lincoln's second inaugural address in 1865, the same year he created the first government institution for volunteer soldiers. So Abraham Lincoln created a version of the VA? The What was it? The Military Medical... Veterans Health Administration established in 1865. So the Veterans Health Administration established by Abraham Lincoln in 1865, and that quotes from that. So I guess the VA could have whatever model they want. Let's see. Let's see. OG says anti-vax. Uh, I'll impeach myself in advance. 2T Adventures, LMAO, bring back dueling with pistols. Ooh, actually, Justin's trying to bring back, bring back dueling. I just read an article about a widower getting benefits from the Civil War. What? That's crazy. Uh, I just, I just told. I'm waiting, Justin. I'm, tr I'm trying to line it up. I am trying to line it up. We're going to keep that a secret for now. But I'm trying to line something up that uh, Justin inspired that I really don't want to. I, mean, I don't want to do it. But Justin asked if we would do it, and uh, it's a throwback to something back in the day that I used to do with uh, HSC 23 back on the USNS bridge and with my shipmates out there, my squadron mates. So we'll see. Um, all right. Let's have a little, uh, let's have a little story time. What do you guys think? Let's have a little, let's get off the politics. Let's get off the politics. It's a, it's a pit hole. So back in the day, my first command ever was the USS Ronald, Ronald Reagan, the CVN 76 aircraft carrier. And if there's one thing that anybody's been on a ship knows, it is when that ship starts to listing and pitching, you're either running or climbing up and down ladder wells, down to P-ways, all that. The tilt of the ship, the angle as it sways, drastically affects your ability to walk around, carry things, lift weights. I have always been big advocate of fitness. And I don't know, I, I never imagined the military would need an advocate for fitness. I just thought they would kind of, everyone would work out. I just thought everyone would work out. Aiko, what's up? Tiffany, yay, I'm for taking a break in, from politics. So I just thought everyone in the military would work out. But the, the military definitely needs fitness advocates. There's a lot of people out there who have no interest in working out at all whatsoever. But 
One thing that makes working out difficult in the military is being on a ship. I can remember going to do a bench press or a squat and you go to do one and the first one goes up really easy. Like the heaviest weight you've ever done felt like nothing. And then the next one is like impossible. It's like the weight weighs a billion pounds. And that's based on the list of the ship. And in rough seas, you can't even go work out. They won't even let you in the gym. And on an aircraft carrier, you can go up on the flight deck and run around the aircraft carrier. One lap is like, I don't know, close to a quarter of a mile or something like that. I forget, actually. Actually, let me look that up. How long is an aircraft carrier flight deck? Let's look that up. 300 meters long. So one lap is like a half a mile. So one lap around the flight deck is like half a mile. So you can go up there and do your PRT. Marines will be up there running around. Everybody's up there running around. And when my very first command, I was a, a CFL, a command fitness leader. I would take the uh, 0400 PT round for people on the fitness enhancement program or FEP. People who failed the last PRT would have to go into the hangar bay and we would do some exercises like jumping jacks and running laps and push-ups and squats and all that. And then I go on my second ship deployment to USNS Bridge with Justin, actually. And we're out there working out every night after work, heading down to the gym, listening to rock and roll music and trying to get those gains to stay ripped. Had to stay shredded back then. They had a rowing machine, get on the rower, do all that. Eviana, what's up? Welcome. Yay, fitness. 300 meters long. That's how big my... Uh, good luck with that, OG Litness. Good luck with that. Um, I had a funny thought. Red Room is just a one-way duel. Uh, <laughs> that is a funny thought. Um, so, you know, you can get out there on the ship and work out, but for a lot of people, the ship is an excuse not to work out. People have long working hours. They're not, you know, they're not feeling it. They're pretty tired. Showers aren't working. The water tastes like gasoline. I don't want to work out, but that didn't stop one Naval officer who's currently competing in the Olympics. So let's check this out. Deck sprints aboard the USS Iwo Jima prepped Navy officer for Tokyo Olympics. She's out there right now repping for Guam. So she's out there right now repping for Guam. Did you do anything else on a carrier besides leading fitness? Yeet, great question. I'm happy to talk all about it. A Navy officer who trained for the Olympics by sprinting across the deck of a warship on patrol in the Atlantic Ocean is set to race the world's fastest women over 100 meters in Japan. Ensign Regine Tugade Watson, who's 20, only 23 years old, 23, just graduated the U.S. Naval Academy in May 2020, so she's only been in the Navy active duty for like a year, will run for the U.S. territory of Guam, which is sending its own contingent to this month's games. I believe that means they're going to fly under like the Olympic flag of Guam or something like that. She's 115 pounds, 5 foot 11, which means she is just all muscle, thin and all muscle, just that runner's body, who competed for the U.S. territory at the 2016 Olympics in Rio, deployed as a surface warfare officer on the amphibious assault ship USS Iwo Jima in March, but she didn't let that be an excuse to slack. In her. Imagine you're on the ship, and here is this ensign running sprints, going to the Olympics. She was able to train so hard on the ship that she went to the Olympics, and you gained 20 pounds? You gained 20 pounds, you fail your PRT and you go, well, we were underway for like three months, man. What was I going to do? It was the ship. The ship did it. Duh. Before I got in the ship, I didn't know how, condu how conducive the sprint training would be, but the flat deck was perfect. By the way, 
I'd like to add here, the hangar bay and the flight deck of a ship are not really great ground to run on. They're non-skid. Non-skid is like, if you can picture like the old stucco ceilings, like the pointy, what is that? What what is that called? Did that have a name? The old they would like pull down the the, the plaster or whatever, and make the sticky ceilings, uh, the pointy ceilings. Imagine that, but it's concrete, and you have to run on that. Which means, if you trip on one of the many things, many things that are up there to trip on, when you hit the ground, it's going to be like you just got keel hauled. It's basically like keel hauling yourself if you trip up there. It is not fun. Don't be tripping on the flight deck of a ship, on the weather decks. They have that non-skid up there. They've probably got tie-down chains everywhere, ground support equipment, tow tractors, you name it. People running around, people leaving their float coats out there, hopefully not. People leaving toolboxes around. It's just going to be a bad day. So you're running, she's running on the ship underway while doing her job as an ensign, which is probably pretty easy, and she qualifies for the Olympics. That's kind of crazy. The Iwo Jima and its amphibious ready group took part in exercises this month in the Gulf of Aden with strike groups led by aircraft carriers HMS Queen Elizabeth from the UK and the USS Ronald Reagan. We were just talking about that. We were just talking about the USS Ronald Reagan, the ship that I was on. She was out there with the, my, my old ship, my alma mater. That's great. The Iwo Jima's flight deck, more than 800 feet long, accommodates AV-8B Harriers, the Marine Corps Harrier, and a fleet of Marine helicopters. It also provides more than enough space to run. Sprinting isn't a favorite exercise for most sailors and Marines at sea, but plenty of them run laps on a flight deck to stay in shape. Ocean swells and a moving deck didn't impact or sprint training on Iwo Jima, but the sea breeze could be an issue at times. Oh, and it's windy. She says, I'm not about to sprint on that flight deck in 30-knot wind. That'll knock you off your feet. Even before the deployment, Tugade Watson had to juggle her track and gym time with military training. And during the coronavirus pandemic, which with gyms often closed and track meets curtailed, things have been a little harder on than they might have been. I wonder if they let them work out on the ship. I think they probably should have been uh, okay. And, you know, I'd like to take a time here to add that being on the ship your diet is going to suck. So she underway, underway, ships listing, non-skid, high winds, bad food qualifies for the Olympics. She did it. She proved all the haters wrong. Haters going to hate, ainers going to hate. She did it. She did it. She proved to the world that you can actually be fit and on a ship. So good for her. So she's been an athlete since she was in high school, and now she's a patriot, a, an American hero, an ensign in the Navy. The women's 100-meter heats that she's going to be competing in are slated for July 30th. So put it in your calendar. Make sure you watch Ensign Regina Tugade Watson on July 30th running her heats. That's going to be great. Let me catch up on the comments here. Let's see. Let's see. Did I do anything else on the carrier besides leading fitness? I was a aviation bosun's mate fuel specialist, purple shirt for a minute. Then I was in uh, AIMD AT, eye level AT, all that and more. Air warfare, surface warfare, blue jacket of the decoder, come at me, bro. My first three days in a typhoon, the AC was broken, the birthing area was 90 degrees, and every Marine was puking standing, wa uh, standing waves of barf. Yeah, that sounds about right. Larry D says, skinny, she's a badass, just another Mary Sue. What? 
I have a ceiling like that in my place. Discord, don't be tripping. Max, did everything go well with your dog's appointment? Oh, yeah, it was totally fine. It was a grooming appointment. Thank you, Eviana. It was a grooming appointment. So she's totally good. She smells better than ever. No, really, the military has better things to do than mess with athletes. Military is not interested in war fighting anymore. Nah, well, well we're going to talk about that today. Uh, women power. Let's see. I don't think the military is a joke. She was probably pretty fit before going underway. I'm sure that she was. I don't think that the military is a joke. I do not think that. But there's definitely, it's so funny that you said that just now. Because there's another article going around. It's been on Stars and Stripes. U.S. military vulnerabilities exposed during classified war game, top general says. So basically this article from Stars and Stripes claims that the U.S. military got railroaded, destroyed in a simulated fight against a peer adversary such as China during war games last year. And there's a whole report out about this thing, about how, how the Navy is totally not prepared for battle. But I'm going to give you guys my take on this here after we cover some of the wave tops of this article. It says... The U.S. military was crippled during a classified war game last year that exposed vulnerabilities the Pentagon is trying to fix. Should it ever face off against a sophisticated adversary like China, the vice chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff said this week. Without overstating the issue, it failed miserably. General John Hyten said of the battle plan during the October exercise, which he detailed Monday at the Emergency Technologies Institute in Washington. The biggest problem occurred when communication networks came under attack. During the drill, a Pentagon red team playing the enemy role Ran, ran rings around us, Hyen said. They knew exactly what we were going to do before we did it. By the way, I would like to take this minute. I'm on live chat. I'm on live chat. Justin, uh, I don't know. What, what comment did I miss, though? What, what did I miss? Um, I will say... Wait, what was I going to say? What was I going to say? Oh, yeah. I'm going to take an opportunity here if Mudrock is out watching to plug the book 2034. If you guys get a chance either on Audible or, you know, Amazon paperback, grab the book 2034 and you guys can check that out. Unlike in conflicts of the past 30 years, dating to the first Gulf War when the U.S. military had information dominance, the force found itself stifled from the get-go during the October war game. Now, it is known, at least I know, that the military was hardcore recruiting cyber warfare experts for the last few years, maybe the last seven or eight years. And there's even commercials on AFN out here. When I'm driving in my car out here in Oki, I get on the AFN network and there's a commercial that says, it, it starts like this. The last time the United States government came under cyber attack from a foreign adversary was at the start of this sentence. So basically, and I know it by heart now. So basically what they're saying is every five seconds, the military, the government is coming under a cyber attack. So they're actively seeking cyber warfare experts. They were, they were recruiting enlisted people at the rank of E7 to be cyber warfare experts. So you can tell that they have a deep interest in getting people on board. But, you know, is it, is it so bad that the U.S. Navy lost to the United States government? Or is that a good thing? Like, is it, is it bad or good that we're able to beat ourselves? Do you guys know what I mean? Like, there's a common, you know, idea when with weapon developing where you don't build a weapon if you don't build a way to defeat it. So if, if people can come out there, if people can come out there and defeat 
the United States Navy, then they can probably defeat a foreign adversary too, right? I mean, if they know what to do to defeat us, then don't they have the ways to defeat that too? And couldn't they employ those tactics against the enemy as well? There are major efforts underway. I'll tell you guys, there are major efforts underway by the United States to prepare for peer-to-peer conflict. I mean, Afghanistan's over. Joe Biden just pledged to cease combat operations in Iraq within a year. It, It seems to me that if the United States can beat its own Navy, right, then that's good because the Navy will learn from that. And that means that we have further technology already or ideas of what that war would look like. And we're, that's how you train to defeat it in the future. I, I guess the question is, if the whole entirety of the United States government couldn't figure out how to beat one carrier strike group, that would be more alarming to me. Because that would mean an admiral of a ship, of a battle group, and the commanding officers and the pilots one battle group could thwart the United States. But instead, we could defeat that kind of power. Does that make sense to you guys? I guess I'm kind of I'm kind of mixed on this. And I always push back on the idea that the military is weak. I don't think that. I don't see it. I see I see the military every day. I see people in this chat like Rambo who's joining the Marine Corps, who's motivated, patriotic, ready to get after it. And there's people like that all across the country. You, you, I, I try to look past what I see on TV, what I see in the news only. And I go to what I see in my, in real life. And I go walk around, I see people getting after it every day. So I'll just say that. I'll just add that. I think that, uh, if, if we, know, if we are, the things that we're aware of are a tiny part of the big picture, a very tiny part. So when they talk in here about how the Navy just got devastated, communications got jammed, all this stuff, well, good. I'm glad that we have the ability to, to, to jam those communications. Great. That's great news. So here, what happens if right from the beginning, the information is not available, and that's the big problem that we faced? Now the military is updating the joint warfighting concept with the new expanded maneuver strategy that seeks to transform how it fights over the next decade. Part of the plan calls for joint all-domain command and control, which links information into a fully connected combat cloud that commanders can access anytime to make fast battlefield decisions. Plus, I would always, uh, I would always remind you guys how close America's been to losing wars in the past. Like, World War II could have gone either way. World War I could have gone either way after the United States got involved. I mean, it's when you look back at history, it's one person's decision to go left instead of right, to be here instead of there. It's one lead. We're, we're always like one leader away from winning or losing a huge conflict. It's more than just like, oh, they have a, one type of superior technology and, you know, the United States has gone totally soft. There, I mean, there's so much more to it than that. If you, if you review history, if you review history, the United States has been out, was out teched in, uh, in, in Germany, but it's not everything that there is to it. There's always a human factor. Anyway, now they're going to the combat cloud. And I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, I don't know what the combat commander's cloud is and how the idea that they got defeated 
technologically encourage them to go to a fully technological solution of the combat cloud. <laughs> I don't know. There's something to be said too about uh, the accessibility to the battlefield that leaders in Washington have, where you've got people watching helmet cams and ISR footage of operations going on who are trying to, you know, armchair quarterback things that are happening around the world. I think you got to, it says here, you have to disaggregate to survive. I think you need to, uh, to break down and uh, incentivize leaders and enable leaders and decentralized command, like Jocko's always saying, decentralized command. The stakes, he said, are high since the U.S. military's edge over China is shrinking fast. To deter war is to prepare for war. So we, uh, we'll see, I guess. We'll see. But like Gary said, always believe your eyes and not what you read on the internet. And I believe my eyes and I see great people in the military continuing to serve that I've served before, people who are doing great things. I've seen great, I've seen technological marvels, marvels. The U.S. was not out teched in World War II. Well, on some stuff, on some stuff they were. I mean, obviously they ended the war with the nuclear bomb, but on some stuff it was people against uh, superior tanks or superior uh, uh, entrenched positions like along the coasts. And a lack of, you know, on like D-Day, for example, where they ended up not having the sea power support and just men versus entrenched machine guns. So uh, there were instances. Plus the Germans had those UFOs, which uh, I saw in Ancient Aliens. So let's see, Juan has some strong feelings about this. Uh, Yeet, I don't know what you missed. Uh, I don't know when you were gone exactly. This woke BS is going to bring this country down if we keep letting it go on. I had to say it. I don't know. Bedtime. We'll catch up and watch the rest of the stream tomorrow at 3.30. Eviana, have a great night. Thank you for stopping by. What a dream. I love Okinawa, and I wish I had a military wife. That is the jam right there. Just went away from keyboard. Didn't. I don't know what you missed. We need to prepare because China is a significant threat. Sure, it's true. It's true. Will there be a, a war between the U.S. and China? I hope not. I hope we're not all on the impression that there's going to be an inevitable World War III. It might be, but I hope that there's not. Let's see. Trust your eyes. Media overblows things. Max, really bully with... Regal's bully with admin powers in Discord. This is so sad, guys. Can we get 40 likes? Yeah, let's get 20 likes again today. I am allowed to say and think what I want. It's my right. I have family in the service and I know more. Just look at the Sherman versus the Tigers. What will it take for these people to see that these politicians are trying to do to the people of this country? I pray it won't be socialism. Yeah, I don't think so. The goddamn top chat censoring stuff. Die Glock. The U.S. could build a thousand Sh Shermans for every tiger. Tell me how it's superior. Never reverse engineered, though. They were not able to really control it. Okay, you guys can chat about that in the comments. I'm going to move on to the next story here because we're already running out of time. So... Yesterday, two days ago, we reported on the ranger, the army ranger who murdered that security guard, which is horrible. And this person's life is, is over. But, and I mean, two lives are really over. The life of the person who was murdered, who is the victim, and I have all the sympathy for. And then there's the life of the person who did it, whose life is over. And we, we learned a little bit more about him today, thanks to Task and Purpose, what we know about the army ranger accused of a brutal murder in Washington. So I got to tell you guys, 
this is the photo of specials Patrick Byrne, Army Ranger out of 75th. I was wrong about something. I was wrong about saying he had never deployed because he was so new in the military. He actually went to Afghanistan for one month. I think it was one month, maybe a couple months. The soldier accused of killing a security guard during a horrific attack this month in Tacoma, Washington, had been an Army Ranger for nearly a year and recently returned from Afghanistan. Specialist Patrick Byrne has been charged with two counts of murder, two counts of kidnapping, and one count of burglary. He's being held at the Pierce County Jail on a $2 million bond. Byrne enlisted in the Army in March 2019 as an 11 Bravo infantry soldier and went on to complete ranger training in July of 2020. He deployed to Afghanistan from June 1st to July 6th, along with elements of his battalion for a short rotation, probably to go help pack things up. If I had to guess, he deployed to Afghanistan to help pack up a base or something like that and put things onto uh, connex boxes and put those connex boxes on fire or something. On July 18th, police in Tacoma found a body of the security guard beaten to death, stabbed in the face, her sister, Tina, told the KNG TV, King TV, she was devastated and upset over what happened to her sister. She described her sister as a sweet and kind person who kept to herself. Byrne had been taken to the hospital after someone called 911 earlier that morning to report that he was covered with blood and screaming for help while outside the building. Byrne, who had blood on him, allegedly told witnesses that he had been stabbed but did not have any stab wounds. So he had made up that whole stabbing thing. He had also claimed he was sexually assaulted, but there was no evidence of that. At the hospital, it was determined that Byrne was possibly bleeding from the brain from a severe head injury and potentially drunk. Well, witness statements, and I think according to him, he was blacked out drunk and also fell 15 feet onto the ground and knocked himself out. So if there was a bleed brain, it was probably from that or from the fight with the security guard, I would imagine. The detectives also viewed surveillance video from the building that purportedly showed Byrne attacking Smith. She was five foot tall. He's a foot taller. He, and he beat her to death, dragged her around. This is, I mean, it's one of the most horrific crimes we've ever covered on here. The actions described in reports are absolutely appalling. The Tacoma Police Department has full cooperation of the United States Special Operations Command. So I had to clear that up. This guy, the dirtbag that he is, had gone to Afghanistan for five weeks, which is effectively not even a deployment. It's like they landed there, did some stuff, and rolled out. So unless more information comes out that he had been on like one five week long mission, you know, killing ISIS out there or something like that, uh, I'm going to go with he probably didn't do much. And he uh, is a loser in every conceivable way. Juan says, I'm a Marine infantryman. Go back to your tub of ice cream. That's a horrible thing to say, Juan. That's really messed up. Juan, you're very aggressive in the chat. I don't understand. I don't understand. That's not the vibe. That's not the Scuttlebutt show vibe. So we're going to, oh man, this show, this went by really fast today. It was definitely horrific. So sad. This show went by super fast today. Huh, guys? This, I'm, I'm scrolling back up in the chat to see if I missed anything up here. So I've been a proponent, and I know people out there in the chat are too, of legalizing weed for, for I mean, forever. Why I don't get why it's not legal and why it has been legal for forever. But now 38 states have legalized marijuana. Canada, we covered in an episode a couple months ago, legalized weed for Canadian troops in, I think, October of last year. When is the military going to get on board? 
When will marijuana be federally legal and what would it mean for troops and clearance holders? What do you guys think? Should marijuana be legal? Drop me a comment. Should marijuana be legal for military troops and clearance holders? Of course, one argument you can make common sense, alcohol is so much worse than weed. People get drunk and spill secrets all the time. People get drunk and go out and they get seduced by spies probably all the time overseas. Sailors pull into port, get smashed, wasted. You can check out the book, An Officer and a Man by Jacob Donenworth, where he talks about heading out, getting wasted and getting approached by some potentially actors, bad actors from another country to find out, collect, collect on them information about their, uh, about their, their, their ship or whatever. So, you know, in my opinion, it should be legal. I don't see any reason why, uh, I don't see any reason why people can't smoke weed at this point. I mean, the federal government just needs to get on board with the rest of, uh, the rest of the country, at least the overwhelming majority of it and just go, yeah, it's all good. But what do you guys think? Should smoking weed disqualify you from being a security clearance holder? Should smoking weed invalidate a clearance? And what level, what level would the lowest, like if you have a secret clearance, can you smoke weed? If you have a top secret poly, you can't. Something like that. What do you guys think? I'd like to hear. Justin Sibley says military BCA would have to increase if you can smoke weed. You know, I think what's holding it back is, and I, I, know, I know that they like have stuff like this, but if it was me and I was a military like commanding officer or something like that, or, or the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, if there wasn't a way to easily, cheaply, and very effectively determine if somebody was high, in that moment, like if there's an aviation mishap or a accident on base or a, a military police officer involved shooting or something like that, if you can't immediately identify if someone's high or not, then probably I would be against approving it for military. That's the one thing. And I think they have stuff like that. Maybe Justin can let me know. Um, everyone's saying 420 blaze that smoked that grass. Gary says, not for a long time. Uh, I, I would think that it shouldn't be allowed in the military because it may affect performance. So never had a hangover from weed, 2T says. Yeah. I mean, smoking weed or a little edible is like the best thing in the world. It's like the best, honestly. It's so great. It's so awesome. I live in Okinawa. I can't have any part of it. So I'm stuck out here in Japan. And even if they approved, I'd probably still not be allowed to do it. But this is saying, this article talks about uh, some assume that the legalization of marijuana will mean that everybody holding a clearance or serving in the military would be permitted to use. This might be true, but it is possible that the federal government still limits use under certain circumstances. It's reasonable to assume that the federal government will continue to stand by their position that marijuana is a mind-altering and that an individual under the influence of marijuana is less trustworthy with a firearm. Uh... I don't know. If you can get blackout drunk every night and it's basically encouraged, you should be able to smoke weed. That's, that's probably the worst. That's probably the best argument I can give common sense is that I, and, and just like everything else, 
that I say on this show, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with the very common argument that I make here, which is I don't believe them. I, if they say that they care about the safety of somebody potentially being on a mind altering substance while using a weapon, and that's why marijuana can't be legal for the military. I don't believe them because then you wouldn't be allowed to drink off duty because you might come into work drunk. I mean, you're not allowed to be drunk on duty, but people do that. So just say you can't be high on duty. That's that easy. And then that's taken care of. But another thing that I think a lot of people don't realize is the army isn't even a zero tolerance branch or unless that's changed recently, the army, you can get busted for drugs and stay in the army. So it already isn't even really true. Like the Navy and Marine Corps, or the, the Navy, the branch of the Navy is zero tolerance, no drugs. Air Force, I believe is zero tolerance. Space Force falls under the Air Force with that kind of stuff. I'm pretty sure that they still do. So they are also, uh, they tend to follow with the Air Force. So I'm going to go that there's zero tolerance. But the Army is not. The Army is like a little tolerance. So I just don't believe this argument. As many military clearance holders are always on call, the federal government will need to figure out what rules to put into place to limit use and to ensure that people are not under the influence of marijuana in the workplace and while possessing a firearm and or working in a classified setting. The next big hurdle will be figuring out how to test whether an individual is under the influence of marijuana at any given time. Yeah, that's what I said. That's probably the biggest thing in my opinion is to be able to test in the moment if a person is high or not. That's probably the main thing. Now, I, I just think there is no argument to be made that weed and alcohol are somehow different, that weed, that weed is worse. Juan says, I take great offense to civilians who constantly opine that they know more than me when they have never been in the military. Well, Juan, with all due respect, this is the, this is YouTube. So nobody knows who anybody else is for everyone, except for midnight chow. You know, nothing Juan said to me to don't play into his anger issues. It's not worth the aggravation military BCA would have to increase. Ike is a hacker. He's been hacking my account. Let's see. Scuttlebutt show. I would love weed. I have mixed feelings about any intoxicant, including alcohol, even psychotropics spies. On the other hand, might in some circumstances have to smoke. Hey, people were smoking in Afghanistan. People were smoking that Kush in, a, in that good ganja in Afghanistan. Let's see. I would rather be allowed beards before legalized weed. We, ha we had beards in 2009, 2010. Who did? I shoot guns high all the time. I'm a heavy pot smoker. I don't think weed is necessarily a good thing. And I think alcohol is worse and should be banned in the military. And I've seen people trip hard. Pothead and Marine, I think you are a liar, sir. Sure you are, Juan. I'm with you on that. Good. Good. We'll end it on good. So... What do you, so I guess you guys let me know what you think. I think that if my personal opinion on this, and this is, you know, everyone can have their own opinion on it for sure, is there's no, there's no way that I believe anybody who says that you couldn't smoke weed and be active duty if you're, we're still allowed to go out and get obliterated, blasted, drunk. If that's like the number one recreational activity to do in the Navy when you pull into port is get hammered. There's just like, you can't have both, I think. Can't have both. I'll leave it at that. You guys can let me know what you think in the chat. So I, I, I just, I, I don't hear any good arguments against weed. I, I've never heard a good argument against it. It doesn't make any sense. 
if we have alcohol, if we have tobacco, there should just be weed too. And then who knows? LSD. Because now the VA is treating people with PTSD, with LSD. So what's the problem? Why are we still so hung up on this stuff? I don't know. It seems a little uh, antiquated. It's, it's kind of, it's old news. I'd love the chance to have smoke to fatty after missions to de, to degress, de-stress with no worry of hangovers the next day. You should stay away from anything that alters or affects your mind. That's good advice. You should, but I don't. And probably a lot of other people don't too. I love LSD midnight says, and I would be down to try that stuff too. If they say it helps. Um, we talked, I got to get to this before the show ends today. And then we're going to be doing battlefield four after this. I'm going to take a little break, grab a snack, and then we're gonna be doing battlefield four and having a good time. We are allowed to take prescribed narcotics and work. True. The day I'm moving to the States, I'm getting high. Ike says, nice. Let me tell you about drugs. So we talked about United States Navy SEAL, Eli Crane running for Congress. And I said the other day after reading his website, that his policy claims are nothing more than tweets, in my opinion. I have nothing against the guy. I love his company. I'm happy for all his success, and I support him as a veteran and as a Navy SEAL. But I, I wasn't overly impressed by his ad or his policies. So I found this video. He was recently interviewed by The Daily Caller, which I believe is a conservative news outlet here on, online. And let's just see what he... I'm just going to let him speak on what he thinks is wrong with America and what he's going to do to solve it. And we'll talk about that. So here we go. Let's see if we can be convinced by him that he's the right guy for uh, United States Congress. You know, this fight within, and it's something that you brought up in the press release for uh, when you announced that you were running, that you talk about the greatest threat to our freedoms and way of life isn't external. It's right here at home. So what do you view as the greatest threat to our freedom. And as potentially a congressman, how do you plan to address that? Well, I think there's a lot there in that question, but let me start by saying, I think that we've lost an understanding in the uh, the, the uh, spirit of what our constitution and founding documents are all about. Like when I read the Declaration of Independence, it talks about un unalienable rights. Those are God-given rights. And then it goes on to talk about how the government is instituted to protect. Can I just, I just want to interrupt really quick and just go, I love the, the canvas printed picture of the pistol behind them. Love that. That's nice. Those rights. You wouldn't know that now if you watched how big the bureaucracy, how big Washington DC has gotten. And many, furthermore, many of uh, our elected officials um, you know, they, they don't behave and act in a way where they understand that our rights don't come from them. They come from God and their job is to protect those rights, to protect the constitution, the bill of rights, et cetera. And so I think some, a part of it is education. And I think a part of it is, you know, totalitarianism. I think a lot of people that are in power crave power. They want to wrestle away um, freedoms and liberties from we the people because they know that um, you know not not both sides can have them you know the people can't have the it's either the people have the power or you start getting into a dictatorship 
and you know tyranny basically and we're seeing once again right now in cuba you know how that affects people to some folks it sounds great on paper but then every single time this stuff is tried throughout the world it always leads to oppression it leads to poverty and you no longer have freedom and it's uh it has to be put in check and i think it's going to take uh fighters to get in there and do it and that's why i'm running i realize i don't sound like a politician i don't look like a politician and quite frankly samantha i don't want to um but i do love this country i have children i want my children to go up grow up with the freedom and prosperity that you and i did and furthermore future generations and i think it's unacceptable that so many of us have sat on the sidelines for so long hoping that someone would come and save the day hope that somebody would come and fix it well i got news you know and that's why i said this isn't about me we the people had better get off our butts and we had better find work we had better get involved in this process if we want these freedoms and liberties to continue well i don't know what do you guys think did that sway anybody's opinion out there on eli crane if you were on the fence before you like we gotta get him in there we need eli crane for congress 2022 what do you guys think I'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, for me personally, I am not exactly more convinced. You know, you know what I see now, like with him and so many other people. There are, there's a growing amount of people. OG Litness join VC one two dollars super chat. I had to say it. I had to say it. If it's in a super chat, I will probably say it, unless it's really really bad, which then I won't. Disclaimer. I won't just read, I'm not, I'm not Ron Burgundy. I won't read anything printed in the super chat, but I'll, I'll see, I'll give it, a, I'll give it a fair shake. So the OG Litness with the $2 super chat says, join VC Juan. Juan, you're getting called out. You can go into the voice chat if you want to. Totally up to you. I'm not going to tell you what you should or shouldn't do, but you're definitely getting called out in the chat. I do see that happening. <laughs> so, uh, what I see is a growing amount of people who are running to counteract somebody else who ran. So this guy ran, so then this girl runs, so then this girl runs, so then this guy runs. And they're just running because they hate each other. Stephen Hampton, what's up? Welcome to the chat. They're just running because they hate each other and they're infighting. And I'm supposed to elect a leader to represent my community to go just attack somebody that I don't like because of their viewpoint? Ed, what's up? I don't know. It seems very confusing to me. Like nobody's really talking about for, for me, if you want to, if you want to, uh, if you want to impress me as if you're running for office, just tell me how the government can do less. Like the government should, is not the answer. That's my personal belief. The government needs to get out of, the, out of the way of people and do more to enable people to live the American dream, right? That's all they should be doing. Not putting up barriers and regulations and taxing and, you know, making it more difficult to, to start a business and all this stuff. The government should be completely getting out of people's way and doing less. The government does not have all the answers. The government is made up of people just like me and you. And the best, most qualified people are not running for office anyway. They're running 
their lives. They're, they're taking care of their lives and their families. So I don't, I don't trust anybody who comes in and says, the government's going to fix it. That's, that's for sure. And I also don't like anybody who goes in there and the whole thing that they're running on is just fighting somebody else who's already there. You need to elect me because I'll fight this person. Like, chill. I need you all to come together and just relax. Just do less. If you've ever worked in the government, you probably have a good idea. The government is not the best answer. They don't have the best solutions for problems. They just throw money at it and waste a ton. So much waste. It's so embarrassing. So I like to just see more people go, more people running for office going, hey, we just need the government to chill. I'm running for office, and when I get there, we're going to chill. And I'm going to try to get everybody else to chill. We're probably going to smoke weed. What we're going to do is I'm going to run for office. When I get there, we're going to legalize weed. And then all of us in the government, we're going to smoke it and chill and have a drum circle and just get out of your guys' ways and go enjoy your lives. That's it. That's the deal. And then you got my vote. Let's see. Yes, the link to Discord is in the bio. Everyone hit the like button tonight. Lighting things up a little bit. I know it got serious out there. Where's Juan? Anybody see a crayon eating clown? While I was watching the Olympics, I'm about to eat some wings and pizza. That sounds great. Good day all the way from Australia. Enjoying the content. Thank you, Alex, very much. From Sydney, Australia. I've got friends in Australia right now, as a matter of fact. So uh, I appreciate you tuning in. I've been to Brisbane, Australia one time. And, uh, and even though the show is about to end, I hope that you're subscribed. We're going to be back playing Battlefield 4 and just shooting the breeze. We should be self-sufficient. Bigger government isn't the solution. It's the problem. It's more complex than that, Max. You're right in the pre-COVID world, but I don't think that the world is returning. I think we'll be seeing too many disasters for a democracy to survive. I don't agree. I mean, do you know what the United States has been through already? Like the horrible conditions that the United States has survived? Look how good our lives are. I mean, how dare anybody say things are so bad now our democracy won't survive. When the United States has survived Civil War, Great Depression, World War I, World War II, Vietnam, all, and, and how the housing collapse, uh, the, the market collapse in 2008, all these things, and then we're going to look around and go at, at how well most people are doing nowadays and go, I just don't see it. I'm too depressed at what I saw on TV yesterday. I think the democracy is going to collapse. The internet told me. Go outside. How bad is it? I mean, how bad is it? If you walk out your front door in the United States today, how bad is it? Aside from COVID stuff. Forget about that. That, I agree, is crazy. But everything else that you hear about. If you walk outside, does China check your passport? No. Are you still able to pretty much, other than, let's say, you got to forget about COVID stuff, I guess, which kind of is a big caveat, but things aren't that bad. I have some real news considering GH. Could you message me on Insta names the Zodiac Man? Uh, I'll check it out. What is considering, what is GH? Good evening. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you. I remember you. Good evening. Anyone who still chooses to freely enlist or re-enlist in the military in order to serve the authoritarian dictatorship will be complicit. Patriot Ninja. That comment is confusing as hell. Um, and I don't agree. All right, guys. It's 11.03. We got to wrap today's show up. We'll be back tomorrow. Tomorrow's show is going to start probably late. Because I have to drop my car off for maintenance at 9.30 in the morning. And I normally start the show at 10 in the morning here. But 
I have to drop my car off at 9.30 and then get home. So tomorrow's show might start a few minutes late. So just make sure you have notifications on uh, so you get the alert when we go live. It'll just be maybe a few minutes late or it might be totally on time. But we do have a show tomorrow. Tiffany says, I agree we have survived a lot as a country, but I also think for us to keep going, we need to stand together and not be divided. I agree. But I don't think that people, if if we all turned off TV and turned off the Scuttlebutt show, we'd be a lot less divided than we think. Like, I don't feel divided when I go talk to people. I've never felt divided, personally. But that's just me. Let's see. Use the one wheel and get back faster. That's exactly my plan. If the weather's nice, that's exactly what I'm going to do, as a matter of fact. So, all right, guys, I'm going to sign out for now, and I'll be back with Battlefield here in a few minutes after I grab a snack. So stay tuned. Make sure you have notifications on so you don't miss when I go live. Uh, With all that being said, I appreciate you guys in the comments for having a thoughtful discussion with each other and with me, and I will talk to you guys very soon. And until then, that's the scuttlebutt.